San Diego First Church, so good to be with you again. We are hanging out, Pastor D and I, and we are talking about the sermon that Pastor D you gave on Sunday, and we're talking of, of uh, Matthew chapter 5, verses 38 through 48. So this is the Connections podcast. This is the Connecting Points podcast. Nice, nice, yes. nice, nice. Great to be with you, Matt. You as well, Dee. Um, and sorry for the ding that occurred on my computer. <laughs> Dee, tell us a little bit about um, the, the sermon you gave and how you see it bridging or connecting to uh, certainly this very famous passage in the Sermon on the Mount uh, uh, and uh, and what you gave on Sunday. Well, I the thrust of what took place on Sunday was centered around um, the temple of God and how we are have become, as a result of what Christ has done on our behalf, the dwelling place for the Spirit um, individually and collectively. Uh, the language there in the Corinthians passage was certainly a collective you all, as you mentioned in our um, first impressions piece. Um, but the notion for us that uh, we stand in a long tradition that in some ways goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden and creation when God created space and place to fellowship with us and that there is this through history as recorded in scripture this movement to restore mm -hmm. that fellowship yeah. and that restoration is what we are offered by giving the opportunity by being given the opportunity to become the dwelling place for God's spirit. So not only God dwells among us, but we get to dwell with God with each other yeah. and that fellowship then has so many powerful implications and takes us back full circle to the important commands of love God and love one another. Mm -hmm. And this is how we do that. Yeah. And so when we look at um, for me, the connecting point to this Matthew passage um, that I'd l love for you to... Can you read it for us in yeah, a few moments? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it gives us this nice connection to some of the ways in which we live that out toward one another, even when living it out is not easy uh, in the world in which we live. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, let's hear it. Matthew 5, chapter... Uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 38. Uh, and I'm reading from the NRSV version. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evildoer. But if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your coat, give your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go also the second mile. Give to everyone who begs from you, and do not refuse anyone who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you... What reward do you have? Do you not do not even the tax collectors do the same? 
a slight burn on the tax collectors right there. <laughs> and if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. <clears throat> the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. That closing verse is um, so difficult. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Which seems to me, at least in the culture in which I was raised, seems to elicit all kinds of um, personal efforts and discipline to get it all right on my own strength, my yeah. own ability, yeah. and to go about trying to bring about my own perfection. Yeah, which yeah. is of course disastrous, <laughs> um, because it's in the midst of that that we discover how incapable we are of doing that. Yeah. The beauty of that for me is that that then leads to a new understanding of grace, that this is given freely by God, <clears throat> that our perfection is in what Christ has done on our behalf, and then. Leaning into that grace, it begins, I think, to empower us to try to do some of those things that really are probably beyond our natural yeah. ability to do and to um, lean into the Spirit's um, capacity to help us in the midst when we've been sued to go above and beyond what somebody's asked, yep. when we've been harmed to turn around and... Uh, offer more than was asked. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is um, a powerful aspect of what the Spirit does on our behalf. It reminds me of um, the classic writing. I think it's the Brothers Karamazov. Karamazov, yeah. Yeah, thank you. I am depending on you for helping me and all of those kinds of <laughs> yeah, things. Yeah, you're all good. Um, when there is this wonderful story of um, someone having something stolen mm -hmm. and when mm -hmm. called to account... The person who was offended turned around by giving more mm -hmm. uh, into the need of the individual and trying to express that. Yeah. So. Yeah, the same storyline shows up in uh, the book play Les Mis. Right? Oh, yeah, that's right. And it also shows up there in yeah. uh, Jean Valjean. Oh, my goodness. That's right. That's a powerful one. Yeah, yeah. The priest comes out with uh, more silver. At that. The candlesticks the are candlesticks. given back. Yeah, that's yes. it. That's it. Um, yeah, I, I find the same to be true that this last line, be perfect for, uh, as your heavenly father is perfect. I find that just the, the metaphor, it feels like initially, at least this is the way that I was raised is, um, and having a like moralistic view of it that like, I need to line up all of the dots. I need to walk the tightrope to make sure that like nothing is out of alignment so that I can walk this very tight rope that is perfection. And any like sway like is going to put me off the rope. And I'm no longer perfect and I'm no longer like Christ and I'm no longer all the things. Um, and it was helpful for me to see that the, the perfect here is the word telos in the mm -hmm. Greek. Mm -hmm. Meaning, uh, it has several meanings, but one of which is complete or whole. It's the goal that we're trying to go for. Um, so it, in some ways, it's it's calling us to be complete as God is complete or whole as God is whole. And that brings me back to the, the imagery you used in the sermon, which has hung with me for the last several days of that of 
of one's own house. It certainly is uh, like prayer mansions is something that you've helped us think through as a church, as a way of spiritual discipline, um, a way of praying and inviting um, Christ into the areas in which we, we might imaginatively, imaginatively inhabit. But you gave this metaphor of, of uh, building our own house and designing it in our own ways and, and it not reflecting the house that God desires to build in us. And that, uh, that so often we build things to our own agendas and we decorate things in our own ways. And we, and I think even the prayer, I use the line, like we, we put up our own pictures around the house rather than, and this is God's house, but we've put up pictures of us and just me taking selfies in my own mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, but rather than to, to do the work of, of being like Christ and being perfect as God is perfect is taking down those selfies and and loving my enemies and thinking of them and and looking to better those who would disagree with me or even want to hurt me um, that like idea of of taking down the decorations of of cleaning out the stuff that is, not of God. It's it's kind of my projections and it's my desires and it's my uh, way of making myself comfortable rather than setting up a space that would make my enemies comfortable hmm. or making my those who would cause me harm or just want to use me or whatever, however you want to talk about it. Allowing them to be comfortable and allowing that space in my own life to be a place where they're loved. Uh, that has really challenged me in, in the way that thinking about the metaphor you used in combination with here in Matthew. Makes me wonder, um, we're back again to the way in which we live this out individually and collectively, both of those being important. Um, individually for me, I find myself working to preserve some of my own comfort yeah. As opposed to creating spaces that are uncomfortable. The problem for me in those moments is that then I often don't speak up on behalf of yeah. justice issues. Yeah. Because speaking up could jeopardize my own um, comfort yes. and enjoyment of blessings. So I create an environment that's hospitable for myself, yeah, which yeah. is not really hospitality. No, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, likewise, when we think about church, I think whether we say it out loud or not, sometimes it seems like we create environments where we want people to come in, but we want them to be uncomfortable hmm. with who they are so that they might change as if that is done by how we create an environment yeah. as opposed to the gentle grace of God that does those things. Yeah, yeah. So once again, I create a temple environment that is hospitable to me, yes. to those who are insiders, mm -hmm. as opposed to finding ways to allow hospi hospitality to rule so that Christ's graceful work can find fertile ground to do what the Spirit can only do. Yeah, which means that... We get uncomfortable a little bit. Those who are in the house, yeah, <laughs> who are setting up the decor. the 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 function of the church is not to please me or comfort me or um, in its design. 
in my service, but it is to to be thoughtful towards those who are uh, foreign to us. Yeah, that that may not they may disagree with us. Maybe one of the great things to which we are called is to become comfortable with how uncomfortable certain things make us. Yeah. And <laughs> and I think that leads immediately into the Lenten season in which we're about to go. Yep. Which is being comfortable with that which is uncomfortable even to death. Even the uncomfortability of death looms. The fragility of who we are. Yeah. As nice, a, nice segue. As a segue into <laughs> the, the next season we're coming into. Yeah. So this coming Sunday will be the first season of Lent. First season of Lent. So in our next First Impressions, we'll talk about those passages. We will talk about our Lenten passages as we turn a new chapter into the next Christian calendar season in which we're moving. That's great. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Matt.